Wizards have cut it to single digits. Only down eight to the Pistons. Ugh. Matt Nikashi on Twitter. It's Dallas week, though, and that matters a whole lot more. A Dallas week that's fun. A Dallas week that feels like it has more meaning when your Washington football team that has won four straight and is 500 at 6-6 six and six, and just two games back of the Cowboys for the division, and they have a chance to cut into that lead. There is nobody better to talk to about this than the rooster himself, Chris Russell, who I know is as excited as anybody about Dallas right. week because you believe, you believe that not only is this team going to win the division, but I've heard you say they're going to the Super Bowl this year and they're going to sign Taylor Heineke to a massive contract in the offseason. That was your prediction I heard on your show today. Right, right, right. Exactly. Uh, you, you, um, you must have been listening to uh, Kevin Sheehan in the morning or, or Sabah or somebody like that. Uh, not my show. Uh, hi, Hollywood. Thanks for having me as always. How are you? Uh, hope you're doing well. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I guess on betonline.ag, they're back down to one, 100 to 1 odds. We all know, <laughs> and, I, and I know you're Mr., uh, you know, Mr. Odyssey Gambling now, we all know that everything that happens in Vegas not only stays in Vegas, but everything, you know, whatever Vegas says, they are on top of it. They are locked in. So that must mean the Washington football team really has no realistic chance at 100 to 1 odds. <laughs> Why are you using an offshore book, man? We got tons here. Maryland, Maryland's about to have legal sports betting tomorrow. Come I just, on now. I, I, just, I, just saw, I just saw the odds yesterday when they sent it to me. Um, listen, I, 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 look, they're actually not that far off probably on this. I, I mean, this is a nice run. This is a, a, a good four-game streak. All of that. Um, I, I just don't know how much longer it's going to last because they're getting by these games by the, you know, um, skin of their I teeth, if you the, will. That's the yeah, exactly. For. I mean, look, I'm not trying to be mean. Seventeen, fifteen, you know, two weeks in a row is, is certainly nothing to go. Oh wow, I'm I'm blown away, impressed by. Now, and listen, it's it's good. I'd rather win seventeen, fifteen than lose seventeen, fifteen by by every account, but. The bottom line is, um, you, you know, we know there's very, very, very little margin for error here. And all it's going to take is one of those interceptions that were dropped or not made in Las Vegas last week to totally change. And it doesn't take, you know, three interceptions. It could take just one. Or, you know, for the new field goal kicker to just barely push one wide right, as opposed to it staying inside the right field goal post. Or, you know... Going against a better offense in Dallas, what if they hit one of those big plays that they almost hit a couple of times in Vegas on Sunday, including on that final drive where Bobby McCain, you know, is tugging and holding and what have you and, and, and gets away with one? You know, what if that stuff happens? Well, it's not like this team's winning by 9, 10, 11, 12 points where you say, well, you know, look, as long as they don't make too many mistakes, uh, they're going to be fine. Uh, they have zero margin for error because they don't have the overwhelming quarterback or talent that you need to have the considerable margin for error. It really has become they're they're a team again where they 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 feel like this just scrappy underdog and they're thriving in that role versus 
like the expectations they had at the beginning of the year. Like it's almost one of those things where when everybody counts them out, it takes the pressure off of them mentally, and all of a sudden they just seem to be more comfortable in that situation than, hey, this defense could be the best in the NFL, and this team should win the division. Then they just they shriveled under that spotlight. Right. And, you know, look, listen, it, it, they wouldn't be the first team, Nick, as, as you know, to have enormous preseason expectations, a lot of hype, and then to go, <laughs> they just wouldn't be the first team to what do, do that. They do? What mean, do they do? Do we, that again? They did what? What do they do? Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Is, is that okay? That, that was good. I just wanted to make sure we emphasized that they did a fart noise at some point during yeah, the season. That, that's what makes me happy. I mean, but, but, here, but here's the deal. I mean, we've seen this before. Remember a couple of years ago, what, six, seven years ago, or whatever it was, uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles loaded up, and, oh, you know, we're going to the Super Bowl, this, that, and the other, and, and they just came out flat on their face and never really recovered. I mean, we've seen hype and expectations and what they're really worth, which is a whole lot of nothing. Um, I, so I would say this. I mean, listen, clearly the first half was a brutal, brutal disappointment. I, I don't – I think if you injected Ron Rivera with truth serum, he would say, look, my defense was awful, way worse than any of us could have imagined. And losing Ryan Fitzpatrick and losing Curtis Samuel, you know, for large stretches of the season and in Ryan Fitzpatrick's case, pretty much the entire season before halftime of game one, wasn't exactly how they drew it up, right? So I would say, well, all of that sucked. And there were certainly some signs of life out of the defense in the final two games before the bye. There really wasn't from the offense from an execution standpoint. They were moving the football. They were getting yards. But there was no execution when they absolutely had to have it happen. But then, coming out of the bye, the defense continues its ascent. There's lots of reasons I'm sure we'll get into. And then the offense all of a sudden starts to make a play here and a play there on third down in the red zone, in goal to go. Instead of settling for a field goal, they throw a little flare uh, in the right flat to Antonio Gibson or Logan Thomas skies Allegiant Stadium and comes down with one before he rips up his knee. You know, so all of these things have kind of combined into one, which has allowed them to win games 17-15 or, you know, a field goal up until the final 30 seconds like it was against Tampa. And I guess the Carolina game was a little bit more decided late, uh, certainly than three out of the four games. But the bottom line is they're winning. They're finding ways to win. And that's, of course, what's the most important thing. How long it can continue, I I don't know. It, It certainly would go a long way, though, if they, you know, if they win and they beat Dallas on Sunday, you start to feel more mm-hmm. confident, Chris, about this team. Uh, look, realistically, even competing for the division, they'd be a game back of Dallas. Now, I, I, I said this beginning of the show, so I'll make sure I preface this with you. I think Dallas is the better team. I don't think Washington's right. going to win the division. But the reality of it is you have to have that conversation because they would be a game back at that point. But when you're looking at this Cowboys team that's lost 3 of 5 and Washington that's won 4 straight, right. the one thing that I do feel good about, especially this time of the year in the NFL, is the teams that are hot, the teams that are playing the best football at this time, however it is that they are winning, that matters. That makes a difference. Yep. And it seems to me that this team is riding that high. But the question is, what do they need to do in your eyes to be able to pull off a win in Dallas? Because that offense is potent, and they 
Look, realistically, right. I know Dallas's offense has been sputtering, uh, sputtered a couple times, but they've had guys out of the lineup as well. Like Washington can't win a game seventeen fifteen against Dallas on Sunday. But then again, who knows? Yeah, With the way the season's I, I, gone, I, maybe they I could. Agree, right? but, yeah, I agree, but I didn't think they could win with that with less than twenty four in, in in Vegas last right. week. And obviously, they found a way. So I mean, maybe Dallas is off. Maybe Dallas, you know, turns the ball over. They're certainly capable of that. Maybe they just have a really bad game on defense. They're certainly capable of that. Um, a couple of things that I would say, you know, like you are going to hear, oh, as, just, as long as they control the ball, as long as they keep Dallas off the field. Well, all of that is true, yes. You know, 35-plus or 35-ish minutes, let's call it that. Um, you, you know, you'd like that. I totally get that. Totally understand. But what I would say is, is, is this. In addition to that, Nick, um, to me, I think you have to take advantage of the matchup that I think they have, McLaurin versus uh, Diggs. I know Diggs has got, what, 10 interceptions or whatever it is, um, but he can be had. And, and Terry ran a double move on him in the late October game last year at FedEx Field for a touchdown uh, after they kind of got tangled up on the previous play. And I'm sure both remember that. And you know, maybe Diggs will, will stop that, but, but his numbers and my eyes kind of tell me something different. So I think he can still be had there if they can hit a big one there, a sudden change, a sudden momentum lift. That could be a huge, huge reason why Washington ultimately finds a way to win this game. In addition, um, you know, a couple other little areas. I am worried about special teams in this game, not only the field goal kicker and all that, and I know he made the game-winning kick. Okay, fine. But against Tony Pollard, who didn't practice today, but is expected to play, of course. That guy is electric not only as a running back, as a receiver, but as a kick returner. And they're going to be without Khalid Cutson, one of their best core coverage guys on special teams. And they might even be without Jamin Davis in this game, who's in concussion protocol, who also helps on special teams. Um, so to me, I worry about the. So if they don't get gashed in those areas, that's a win. That's a bonus. You combine that with if Terry can make a big strike play, it doesn't even have to be a touchdown, Hollywood, but it could just be a big strike play along with your ball control, along with your not killing yourself, not turning the ball over, not making crippling amounts of penalties, all the things that, you know, good teams have to avoid and good teams have to do in order to win games, I think that might, might allow them a chance to win this game. Talking to Chris Russell, who thinks the Washington football team is going to the Super Bowl this year. No, just kidding. I didn't say that. Uh, no, have you have you changed your opinion at all? I mean, I know. Look, we've talked some, but I don't get a chance to talk to you every day. We, you know, honestly, we used to see each other more, and it makes me sometimes sad. Sometimes it's a breath of fresh air, depending on uh, what day of the week it is and what you're yelling about. Uh, this this team this team has been running the football a lot more, and I'm upset with you because you didn't respond to my tweet because I know that you were watching not only. The what Washington was doing, but also what we saw with the Patriots, where that was literal football porn for you. Now, you may have been occupied because you were so excited by all the running of the football, right. but right. the way this offense now is running and not forcing Taylor Heineke to throw the ball like 50 times in a game, how happy mm -hmm. are you to just see more ground game from this Washington football team, Chris? Yeah, I, could, I couldn't respond to you. My hands were a little bit busy. Uh, no, I'm just teasing. I'm just, I'm just teasing. That's the answer um, I was wanting. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, you know, I mean, listen, obviously, I'm thrilled that they have taken my advice, which I've cultivated in a lab over and over and over right. again, years and years in the making. Well, as established, you know fine. more about football than Jay Gruden as a start, so we right, established right, right. that. Right, right. Right. Even though Jay is a guest of mine and, uh, and, and Pete's every week, Tuesdays at 4 o'clock on the Team 980 uh, and the Odyssey app. Um, yes. I mean, I'm, obviously, I, I, I believe in this style more. I believe in this style more when you are limited, quite honestly. And, and that's why I believe in the stuff, because I do think that there are probably 20, uh, 22, 23 teams that are limited at quarterback in some way, shape, or form. And everybody's limited in maybe a slightly different way. But this team is limited at quarterback. And this team has been limited because of injuries, wide receivers, so on, tight ends, all of that stuff, right? This is not a knock against Taylor Heineke. This is just the reality, even though people aren't going to see it as the reality. They're limited. They just are. He's not a 300-plus yard per game guy, and if he is – a lot of crazy stuff is happening, right? And sometimes that's good crazy stuff, and a lot of times it's not good crazy stuff. My point being is they are doing what makes sense. They are controlling the ball. They are running you know, the ball and, and minimizing, like you said, how much you ask out of the quarterback. On top of that, they're making it easier for an offensive line that is constantly in transition. On top of that, they are wearing out the opposing defense. On top of that, they are keeping the opponent's offense off the field. So, I mean, we can continue to go on and on and on and on for all the different reasons why the Washington football team is being able to kind of win these tight games and control and, and so on and so forth. But really, in a nutshell, it's denying the opponent opportunity and not exposing your weaker points as much as they were in the first half of the season. And then on top of that, they're doing some things better. They're tackling better, generally. They're communicating better, generally. They're playing better coverage, generally. Not perfect across the board. Nobody would say that they are. But they are doing the things that they were doing really bad in the first half of the season a little bit better, if not significantly better. And then they are doing those things that I just mentioned, which minimize, again, the time that Derek Carr, or in this case, Dak Prescott, if they can do the same type of thing, and you can run on Dallas, they're minimizing the time that those guys have in terms of series, possessions, time on the field, time to hurt you, all of that. He's Chris Russell. Make sure you check him out on our sister station, the Team 980, weekdays 3-7 to seven with our buddy Pete Medhurst. And I'm also very glad you were able to enjoy the Patriots game plan in a very intimate way on Monday. Congratulations on that, uh, and I will talk to you soon, my friend. Yeah, I, I should point out that, that my hands were grabbing a, an, an ice-cold beer, uh, an ice-cold Bud Light. Um, by the way, tomorrow, Quinn's on the corner. Come and see me from 3-7 to seven with Bud Light. How about that? Look at you. You are a company man dropping the sponsors and everything. You don't I, miss I a beat. Not, you are I, I am an absolute chill. You are a professional <laughs> rooster, and that's all that I expect. Good talking to you, buddy. Thanks, buddy. All right, we're going to wrap things up next. Nick Ashew on Overtime. To have enormous preseason expectations, a lot of hype, and then to go <laughs> They just wouldn't be the first team to do that. What do they that. do? I mean, what do, they do? We, do that again? They did what? What do they do? Uh, <laughs> and that was our buddy Chris Russell.
never letting us down. Making fart noises on the show. Nick Ashew on overtime. Virginia Tech basketball coming up in, good Lord, like a minute. What was the coverage in like a minute here? These, these are the longest breaks ever. That's good. It's good, I guess. But, you know, not enough time for me to talk, that's for sure. <laughs> Look, I... This this weekend is going to be a ama- this is going to be the biggest test for Washington in terms of uh, where they are during their four game win streak, if that makes sense, right? Like if you look at this team, you go back to the Tampa win that could have been seen as a fluke, but now they're continuing to win football games. They win in primetime over Seattle and a very uninterested Russell Wilson. Then you go out to Vegas and you win there, and you of course you're winning. In uh, in Carolina, when the Cam Newton return was there, and the all there was all energy. By the way, that's gone really quick. That has fizzled out. So that is what's going to be a major test and a major telling point for this team. So I'm all for it. I'm all for this actually meaning something. It's exciting. I am happy. Uh, make sure you check out my shows. I got weekend shows that are actually now being carried on the fan. Countdown 2 on the BetQL Network and CBS Sports Radio. It'll be right here on the fan. Saturdays, 10 to noon, and then my solo show on CBS Sports Radio, noon to 2. You can catch that on the Odyssey app or locally right here on 106.7 The Fan. I'm on Twitter, at Nick Ashew. Enjoy Hokies basketball. Coming up next. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.